0: Block Talk Radio
1: Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Hakun Wong, I'm the editor in chief in Football Garbage Time. And with me as always is my co-host Ryan Whitfield. Hey Ryan, how you doing? Okay, looks like we're having some problems with Ryan again. I'm not really sure what's happening, so we're going to go ahead and get rolling without him because we got a lot of stuff to do today. We're going to be talking about uh, best ball fantasy football. You know, it's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of things that are coming up in the NFL season, although we're not exactly sure when it's going to start yet. But a lot of it is fantasy football related and some of the things that you like to play and we all like to play is best ball. And uh, I know that Draft.com no longer is online, so we, uh, you know, we don't have that anymore, but uh, they do have it on Yahoo now. So there are a lot of different places to play, and uh, that certainly is one of the best places to play. And I think we should definitely uh, talk a little bit about how we would approach that kind of draft, because this is a much more extensive roster than you have in uh, draft doc, uh, Draft.com. Um, so with that said, uh, what we're going to do today is talk a little bit about what Best Ball Fantasy Football is, for those of you who don't know. And then we're going to talk a little bit about uh, all the different things, uh, all the different targets that we're going to have during Best Ball uh, our Fantasy Football draft. And our general strategy is how we approach that, particularly with the additional positions that are available on Yahoo. So with that said, (laughs) I'm going to give Ryan a little bit of time. But in the meantime, we should get things rolling here so I can talk to you a little bit about what best ball fantasy football is. All right, let's get going. All right, so I'm assuming that all of you have played fantasy football before, but Best ball fantasy football is quite a bit different. Uh, Unlike a typical fantasy football league where you go through a draft and you select people for certain positions, and then you choose who you play in each of those positions on a week-to-week basis, essentially in best ball fantasy football, you have a certain number of positions just like regular fantasy football, but only your best players at each position score each week. So if your third-string running back goes off for the game of his life and your stud first-round pick gets turf-toe in the first five seconds of the game, no worries, you'll get the benefit of the highest-scoring players in your roster. So I think a lot of us have uh, played this on MFL and um, have played this um, on uh, Draft.com. Obviously, Draft.com now belongs to FanDuel, and um, they don't have uh, best ball active right now. So uh, we went and looked around, and it looks like there is a great best ball alternative uh, and, um, and Yahoo, and that's something that uh, that we can definitely look at as being a great place to find um, some terrific options for best ball leagues. And they have uh, best ball leagues basically of all price points, but most specifically there is a great uh, opportunity here to try uh, the quick draft because uh it's a lot of typical best ball drafts are long t- long form drafts which you have two hours or more to make a pick uh in this situ- in this scenario and yahoo they're all 30 second picks so it, it goes pretty quick and we're going to walk you right through that in order to make sure um that you have an opportunity um to learn a little bit about how we do it uh, so we are now both in a draft And uh, I think, uh, Ryan, are you on the line?
0: Uh, Hopefully, finally. Who
1: knows? (laughs) Look at that. It's brilliant. All things are right in the world again. Ryan is on the podcast. Hey, man, it's been forever. It's been like a month now. uh, And I think that because of uh, the entire stay-at-home thing, the pandemic, every day merges together. Time travels really quickly. But, hey, I missed this. I can't believe we haven't been on a podcast in forever.
0: Yeah, it's been a while, and it's uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's a, a weird, weird year. When when people eventually get to uh, to 2020 in their American history studies classes, 15 years from now, uh, 2020 <laughs> oh, yeah. is going to be a long, long, long curriculum.
1: Well, let me tell you, like uh, just a couple weeks ago, I ended up calling into something that didn't even exist because I had no idea what day it was. So that is just the new normal. <laughs> like every day, it kind of blends together. I literally was like, "Where the hell is everybody?" And I'm like, oh, I'm 24 hours early, so you know, better to be early than late. But what the hell? Hey, I gotta ask you, since I know obviously anything Tom Brady related, I'm gonna ask you. But over Memorial Day weekend, there was a, a charity golf match uh, between Tom Brady, uh, teamed up with oh, Phil Mickelson, uh, versus Peyton Manning and Tiger Woods. Did you uh, did you watch any of that? Did you uh, tune in for a little bit, or at least the uh, the highlights, if you want to call them that? Yeah,
0: so I didn't watch it. Um... I'm a pretty cheap person, and um, <laughs> so I switched from cable to streaming uh, years ago. Uh, but I basically, uh, you know, and I, I've used PlayStation Vue, uh, Sling, uh, whatever, one YouTube TV now. Uh, yep. But, you know, I, I've noticed over the years that really the only thing I need live television for is sports. So uh, the right. minute all the sport leagues shut down, I promptly canceled all my subscriptions. Um, oh. So I still have, like, the, the regular, you know, you know, Amazon Prime and, Netflix and all that kind of stuff to get through the day, but like as far as like cable television, the only thing I ever want to watch is, is live sports. So um I didn't right. have the ability and you know, if it if it if it had been like a full four day four day tournament I probably would have just paid uh, you know, a month of YouTube T V for it, but I wasn't doing it for one day. Um that's up <laughs> right, with the highlights right. of it. I mean, Brady's yep. just not and I and I said this even as a patriot. I mean, he's just he's just not he's not cool. Like so the <laughs> trash talking was just so forced and this like awkward to listen to, oh, yeah. you know. You, and that and that's not a that's not a jaded you know ex lover type uh, analysis. No, no, of course you know, not. Even, no. even when he was here, you know, even when he was here, everyone in New England would admit that Peyton Manning, when he hosted Sunday Night Live, was hilarious. Tom Brady, right. sucked. He's just not cool and funny. <laughs> it's just it just is right. what it is. Hell of a football player, it's not his but you know, so all, all that all that trash talking stuff actually was kind of cringe. Uh, cringe and to me. No, it was. It
1: was. That was the best part. I loved it. I mean, but you know what? What's funny about it, the one thing I noted though was the fact that Tom Brady plays golf like I do. I mean, poorly. And then he gets to that point where Charles Barkley is calling him out and saying, like, "I want some of that action." And then he holds it at 155 yards out after like duffing it all over the freaking place. He just holds it. I mean, I'm like, typical. Even when he sucks, he's good. You know, it just like it just has to happen. Like on a random match. On t- this happens to be on TV. Like, yeah, you know, I understand if you and I were just happen to be randomly out there. If I took 20 swings, maybe one of them would go the right way, but like, he would never hole out from 155 yards. He's on TV, trashed by Charles Barkley of all people for playing golf, and he holds it out from 155 yards out. It's just so typical Tom Brady. That's, that's what i said. Oh gosh, and then he splits his pants, and then you still like. Yeah, okay, but he still hold it up from 155 yards. He can do no wrong, man. What is up with that? It's just really bizarre to me. But you're right, Peyton Manning much more entertaining <laughs> from a trash talk perspective, uh, no doubt. And all. Charles
0: Barkley, and Charles Barkley's is able to talk a lot of trash because he's a much better golfer. I mean, it helps when, when aside for when <laughs> you know, when obviously when, when Jordan uh, when Jordan retired for two years, but you know, take those two years out. Um, and his teams were, you know, routinely out golfing pretty early in the in the postseason. So that's um, right. <laughs> you know, if, if Fair
1: point. <laughs> so you can also say that for Peyton too, right? He's a better golfer because he had more practice. Um, not only because he retired already, but because he didn't make it to the postseason as deep as Tom did after when he was in the Patriots. So hey, well, anyway, I had to bring that up because that was the first real sport that I'd seen in a while. That wasn't some virtual, um, you know, makeup of a sport. So that was kind of it. Was kind of fun to watch, although. Um, at the end of the day, lame, you know. Anyway, we're talking about best ball fantasy football, and we're in the same – we actually got a live draft lined up here. I'm not sure – it hasn't filled up here yet, but I'm in the same draft that you are. looks like we have four of the ten members. It was filling up pretty quick uh, earlier, but, of course, as luck would have it, it's not filling up right now. I just went through uh, a little bit of the background because of the fact that uh, we haven't played on Yahoo. At least I haven't played best ball on Yahoo before. Uh, We used to play on draft.com, which actually had a great – um, best ball league, but this one is different. Not, But it is similar in that, of course, your best players will score, uh, and as I said, even if your third-string RB goes off into the game of his life and your first-round draft pick gets turf toe in the first five seconds, you're going to get your best points anyway, so no worries. Get the benefit of your highest-scoring players. On Yahoo, though, there are many more positions to fill each week. You have one quarterback, three wide receivers, two running backs, one wide receiver, tight end flex, one tight end, one defense. That's something we didn't have on draft.com. And you have a 20 total players on your roster. And like I said, it's since it's best ball, there's no bench, so everyone to draft is in play. So as we wait for this live uh, draft to kick off, Ryan, um, do you have any thoughts for people regarding your strategy? How do you approach these times of drafts?
0: Yeah, no, I'll mention quickly, um, we always throw out our Twitter handles. Mine's at RyanLitfieldNE. In uh, and, and hopes of getting this going quicker, I, and now we're up to six. I did just tweet yeah, out yeah, nice. link. Um, oh,
1: good. so if anyone's Excellent. listening
0: and is bored and wants to jump on and do it, you can follow me at Ryan Whitfield, N E S New England, uh, and you can come join it. So we're doing one of the free ones right now. I got four spots left. Um, so that is out there. Uh, in terms of strategy, it is, uh, as you said, vastly different. And, um, you know, I like to have. I like to hedge my bets at, you know, I, like, like any draft, I still want to load up at uh wide receiver and running back. And so I want to have those bases covered. Um, I do like to have a couple of, um, usually I like to aim for three tight ends and three, uh, three quarterbacks. Uh, I, I know that's not everyone's strategy, but for me wow. personally, the way I look at it is that if one of those two positions, if someone goes down and then, and I only have two, and then I get hit with a bye week later on, um, then there's, you know, or potentially just, you know, the second guy that gets hurt, obviously then that's what you start diving into. But, you know, I like to have that third backup guy in case, you know, one of my quarterbacks goes out for the season in week four, and then I know at some point during the year, during the bye week, because I only have one of the quarterbacks um, that I'm guaranteed to have it put up a zero spot at at the quarterback position. So I like got right. a little insurance there, so I try, to, I try to, you know, if it makes sense, get three in those positions, and then the rest I'm just trying to um, – you know, load up that so uh, and just load up yeah. wide receiver and and uh, and running back. And I, I like to go that that way frequently and early. And obviously, as as we all know, I'm a big wide receiver fan. So
1: yes, we do know that. we Or more of a non-RB guy, more of a <laughs> than a wide receiver guy. But hey, that being said, so I totally agree with the three quarterbacks. That that totally makes sense to me. Um, I, I always like doing that, preferably on different bye weeks, if uh, if possible. Three tight ends sounds like a lot to me but that's I understand why we would do that and particularly with the extended bench on Yahoo it makes total sense on that point uh, we're up to eight members now so we're almost there I tweeted it out as well um, I actually I have a couple just kind of general thoughts on this like I generally like to increase the value of wide receivers and pass catching RBs, because these are all full PPR leagues so I like to kind of target them and I, I I really do kind of decrease the value of those bell cow every down running back so I'm more in your in your camp there Ryan because of the fact that we don't really care about consistency, right? We, we just care about catching that lightning in the bottle from week to week. We don't need to have consistency from week to week. So I don't care if he gets 30 carries a week. Um, I just want to have that high uh, ceiling. So those pass-catching running backs, even if they're in a timeshare, I, I really love those. And I, of course, then love those rushing quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson, people who can get me those ground yards I think are particularly useful. Um, so those, that's another thing I, I like. Let me ask you about this, because this is something that a lot of uh, draft, uh, a lot of drafters in best ball like to talk about, and that's taking those flyers in the end. What kind of flyers do you like to take late in a uh, best ball fantasy football draft? I mean, do you like rookies? Yeah, I mean, I'm, probably, I'm a big fan of taking rookies.
0: Rookies uh, and, and having, uh, you know, your so-called lottery picks. I mean, there's, you know, some, stuff that I'm in my prep work for this season um, that I've been seeing. Reading, hearing a lot, um, and we're entering the draft. Got the ten teams, some good stuff here. Um, you know, yep. I like. You know, I'm always a big proponent of the zero RB, uh, especially if you're in a, in, a, in a PPR half PPR league. I just think you can get enough pass catching backs. I think there's enough guys, bell cow guys, that are going to go down. You can go examine for those guys who have hit the you know the three hundred and seventy or more touches. Uh, the previous year in the regular season to know that those guys are probably going to break down this year to target their backups. So that's. You know, I do that anyways. But this year, uh, in particular, given uh, COVID and the shortened off season, uh, the announcement today came out about training camp that will be done at right. facilities. So it's, it's just an unusual year. Um, so I'm at a position where there's a lot of injuries anyways and a lot of volatility and, and change, um, I think now more than ever, you know, as many as many late round running backs that I can throw against the wall um, to try to catch you know some kind of lightning in a bottle because I just this year, more than ever, um, you know, you know, he'll get a guy like Derrick Henry, who's, who's going, you know, mid first round in, in most mocks right now, and and I look at it and say, you know, well, this, that's a guy who who had, you know, a crazy amount of touches last year, and and on top of that, now he has a shortened off season, you know, going him himitz, you know, I'm even looking, at I'm, I'm the sixth spot in this draft order right now, and Derrick right. Henry's sitting there at six. I'll tell you right now, there's no way in hell that if, if the other five go in order that I'm taking Derrick Henry at six, I'm just not doing right. it. Um, right. And there's a lot of question around that spot, this uh, around that position this year. So uh, rookies and just, you know, your Chase Edmonds of the world, um, you know, those, those kind of guys who uh, showed that they can catch lightning in a bottle last year. And, you know, Kenyon, Kenyon Drake goes down and uh, Enzo Benjamin um, doesn't, uh, here's a Benjamin Enzo. I can't remember which way his name's flipped, but either way, you know, if he doesn't, the round, if he doesn't catch on, you know, Chase Edmonds is a guy you can get late, late in the best ball draft that could provide you know big returns at some point in the season, especially if we do see the running back position get hurt a lot.
1: Yep, no, I, I totally, I totally agree. Of all, I mean, and I see you're sitting at the sixth uh, pick, and that's interesting. And I can see Delvin Cook there is listed as seven. I actually, I prefer Delvin Cook over Derrick Henry in that perspective. If I was going to go that way, but you know, I, I may, I'd be interested to hear if you're going to or see if you're going to go of. Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill or one of the wide receivers. Uh, And I I got the swing pick at 10, so that'll be very interesting for me. I I like to kind of switch that up a little bit if I have the swing pick and go a little bit um, counterculture. But that being said, uh, I, you know, I love those late-round uh, rookies. I, love, I think they're just great fun to take in best ball because they're fun and exciting to watch. And you never know if you're going to get somebody who ends up being great for a couple games, like DK Metcalf had, great, had a great run at the end of the season. So um, also obviously very useful because you didn't need him in the beginning of the season. I also like guys, by the way, and I want to know how you feel about these guys. Those guys with new opportunities. Um, either with new teams or of new surrounding players. And a couple examples come to mind. Of course, Tom Brady in Tampa Bay, whether that um, is something that you'd want to target Tom Brady because of the skill set that's around him now, or Teddy Bridgewater in Carolina, Todd Gurley in Atlanta, for instance. And then kind of flipping that around to the other side, Kyler Murray, I mean, his value deandre hopkins there not necessarily deandre hopkins going up but tyler murray's value because he has a new opportunity with new skilled players do you tend to look for those or are those any of those guys pop out as someone that's interesting to you in best ball format
0: yeah i mean if the value's right obviously you know, kyler murray is a guy who i would uh you know i have a lot of faith that, that offense is going to be a lot more explosive this year um mm-hmm. and this uh in this ranking system, they have him uh, 65th. 65. Uh, in the yeah. next rank. Yep, so 65. So that puts him, uh, you know, middle of the, what, seventh round. So, right. uh, you know, at that evaluation, again, I mean, I'd take a dart, you know, a, a roll the dice on him. You know, Brady, his rank,
1: 95. they have it here, is
0: 93. Yeah. Uh, or 93 so a, year
1: or some of that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it's 93. That's not bad. So, I mean, that's, you know, another one that, yeah, I mean, I would take a, you know, I think um, a lot of moving parts, you know, in, in regular fantasy, you know, I don't like moving parts. I, I like consistency I right. like the same coaching staff, um, Absolutely. the same players, the same schemes, the whole thing. Um, you know, I think it's part of the reason to see DeAndre Hopkins value way down is just because, the, you know, and this he's X ranked his is 12th when this was a guy uh, who was going middle of the first round last year. And I honestly think Absolutely. in, and I think, you know, I, I, I at this point obviously we take Deshaun Watson over Kyler Murray as a quarterback in the real NFL. But I just think that the Houston, uh, scheme, uh, and team in general is just so anti-innovative, um, that, you know, I think Hopkins could be in for a bigger year just because of, you know, being on a, being on a, a more innovative offense. So, um, that's a guy who's actually, I love his value there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I mean, well, a lot Teddy, of these guys, especially t- in you, this format, like you said, yep. if you can find a guy who's gonna, it might be more risk. But this is this is the more you know, roll the dice risk kind of kind of game mode.
1: Yeah, and and check out Teddy Bridgewater. He's like 170 something. I mean, uh, 175 or something. Like that. I mean, that's pretty late. I mean, that I mean, this is a this is a 20 round draft. Uh, you're essentially looking at. I mean, assuming nobody reaches for him, like in you know 18th round, 17th round, quarterback pick. I mean. Uh, that sounds really great to me. I, I would love to get maybe one quarterback that's a little more consistent. Maybe you take a flyer with somebody like Burrow or something like that just for fun. And then you get someone like Teddy Bridgewater in there as well into the mix. Lots of upside there. Um, and you don't have to spend anything to get it. I mean, he's basically undrafted, uh, you know, being that late in the draft. Because you've you got to think that with ten teams, even if everybody took three quarterbacks, you know, by the time you get to that point, everyone's got got the quarterbacks they want or at least have two of the quarterbacks they want. Um, what do you think about outside. his potential? So I
0: like him, and, and and I, you know, I just don't think that offense is that good. I mean, obviously, you got McCaffrey, but like outside of that, you know, DJ Moore's, DJ Moore's a guy that yeah, I still haven't seen from a from, from a from a tape standpoint, not not stats, because the stats have been there's been a fine fantasy player. But my point is that like. If you're, if you're a defensive coordinator, I don't know that you go into that week fearing, you know, what DJ Moore is going to do against you. And so I just look at the, the, the weapons across the board and just don't think that's strong enough in Carolina. Um, I'll tell you the one that I like a little bit better who's even deeper uh, is Teron okay. Taylor. Um, okay. Just because his, his X rank is 241st. Um, he probably doesn't play the full season, but uh, I believe Anthony Lynn was on the coaching staff when he was in Buffalo. So there's crossover there. Shortens shortened off season, I think that, you know, obviously Herbert's going to be, you know, pushing for that spot. But if uh, if Taylor can hold on to it, and again, like you said, you don't need consistency. So even if the first half of the year your QB3 is performing well with all those weapons around there and putting up points, even if he gets benched on the stretch, you know, that's a guy that you can just grab for, you know, virtually nothing, um, you know, at the, the, with the with the last pick in this draft. So that's somebody that I have my eye on real, real, real late, depending on how the rest of my team shakes out. Um, I don't hate Bridgewater by any means, and if you can get him with your last pick, I mean, it's always worth it. I mean, if that's your third quarterback; that's fine. Um, right. But I just, I really, I really like the the opportunity for Turad, especially again, if he can just, if they just do like a red shirt kind of season with Herbert there, um, you know, he could really have a big, big impact in, in a best ball
1: team. Sure, absolutely. And it looks like our draft has already started. Now we're off to the races, and the first pick is not surprising. It's Christian McCaffrey, followed by Saquon Barkley kind of following regular fantasy football at this point, I totally agree uh, with both both of those two picks because they have the pass catching upside and I see that Scott's gone to Ezekiel Elliott at the third pick and now we're up to the first wide receiver ranked Michael Thomas, so it'll be interesting to see if somebody actually takes him or not and I think they will because it looks like some of these folks are auto-drafting um, and it's coming up to your pick here Yeah, it's uh, gone chalk to this point let's
0: see uh Looks like the guy who's who's picking just joined. See if he actually goes off the board. If he takes Kamara here, hell yeah. Um,
1: I I, pro- I probably would take Kamara here. I mean, I kind of like the I kind of like the pass catching upside here with, with Alvin Kamara.
0: Yep, and he's bleeding this clock down to the end, so it looks like he's and probably he take pick, and he will take
1: Camaro.
0: You not my and he will the word. You're not taking Derrick Henry. <laughs> no, I'm gonna say I I didn't say anything when you said this, but I absolutely agreed. I'm gonna pull Delvin Cook. Um, nice. Here, so I'm, and I'll just tell you right now, I'm testing out a strategy uh, from this mid spot because this is the time of year, especially in a free league like this, just to mess around and try different oh, yeah. strategies. Um, I'm trying to go, it's hard from this spot, much prefer to do it at the top end, um, but I'm going right. to uh, try to pull uh, running backs in the first, second, and third round here and just wow. to test out with that looser for wide receiver options in the middle.
1: Wow, that's really that, that is very interesting. Um, and very interesting move because I didn't think you were going to do something like that. I honestly thought you were going to take a different route on this. Um, I am going to um, split the baby on this one. Um, I'm not, and I'm not actually a huge. I know um, I shouldn't be a fan of this, but I actually like Aaron Jones at the 11th pick uh, because of the fact that they've been very public about the them being much more ground oriented in Green Bay, and they didn't get any additional weapons. For um, for Aaron Rodgers, so he's got a bunch of schmoes that he's throwing the ball to outside of Devontae Adams, and uh, I think Aaron I think Aaron Jones is going to get plenty of work there. So I like his upside, even though he's sharing time with uh, ostensibly everybody in the backfield there. And I took Tyreek Hill uh, at the uh, at the end of the first round. I, I kind of I just a uh, big fan of what his upside is. Again, I don't care about consistency. I'm just looking to get the best possible ceiling. Although I was tempted by DeAndre Hopkins because of the fact that he has been so consistent from year to year. I just don't – just not 100% sure how he's going to work out with Kyler Murray. Um, if the, I don't, I'm still yeah, not so sure that I'm Kyler gonna, Murray's accuracy will I'm work out.
0: Go, I'm going to go – I'm going to abandon my strategy here. DeAndre Hopkins is going to sit there at 15th, fall all well, the way that, to the that's middle the value.
1: hour. Yeah. Right, so, I
0: pull, so I got to pull that. So I'm going to do that. And, uh, you know, a good lesson that even hey, when – And go back to your strategy. <laughs> yeah, even with you – well, it was, it was either him or Josh Jacobs uh, was who I was going to take there. Um, and I just, well, I agree with that. I, just can't, I can't do that over. over. I mean, Hopkins had fallen three spots. I already, I already think his ranking is a little bit lower, and I know it's because the the uncertainty. But I, I, I think DeAndre Hopkins is going to have a massive season personally. So um, I got to pull him at 15 there.
1: Yeah, I, I just, again, since this is best ball, you're not really risking anything in the second round, taking somebody like DeAndre Hopkins. We know the talent's there. We know he has the skill set. It's just a question of how is he going to fit in with Kyler Murray. And then we see we have Julio Jones going after him. And then there's the other guy you were considering, Josh Jacobs, going at 17. Uh, And then you're into Chris Godwin. And Austin Eckler, you know, I'm not – you know, I I love the fact that he's a pass-catching guy. I just don't know. Taking him at the end of the second round seems a little bit early. Uh, I don't know how you feel about that, Austin Eckler.
0: Yeah, I mean, it feels early for him. I'd rather get him –
1: Like, like Travis Kelce went next. I'd rather just go ahead and take the best tight end on the, uh, you know, take him instead, uh, honestly. Or um, even Mike Evans. I would prefer Mike Evans. Uh, Maybe, you know, maybe Adam Thielen because he's probably the guy now in Minnesota. You know, I I just kind of feel like it's a little bit early to go for somebody like Austin Eckler who's not really a proven every down back. Although he he does break it off. I mean, I do remember the game where he had, like, 300 total yards and, knocked me out of a playoff spot in, the fantasy, in fantasy football last year. So it can happen. It can definitely happen.
0: It can. And I see that. Um, yep. But
1: there's a, there's a i of mention this. There,
0: and, and you have to yep. wonder how much, how much if Terod's starting, how much, you know, if, if they scheme any runs up for him and if that takes away, because he had a quarterback in Phillip Rivers who's not going to take any runs away. So you wonder if, if that'll change um, some of the dynamics for him there as well.
1: Yeah, and let me ask you. Because he just came off the board, Clyde edwards hilaire at twenty fourth overall. Not your pick. So I'll let you make your pick, and then I'm going to ask you the question about Clyde edwards hilaire
0: God, I'd love to. I'd love to trade this pick down. I don't really love anything I'm at right now. Yeah. I know. I know Godwin is taking over, but I'll I'll bank on a little bit of a bounce back season for for Evans.
1: And he's the guy I mentioned. I actually like Evans this year, honestly. I think that he's going to get undervalued because of because Godwin's the younger, flashier person. You know, I mean, he had, he had recent success, but you've got to keep in mind it's a different quarterback there now, as we all know. And it uh, looks like we've uh, come around, and it's two more picks to my pick. After Evans went off the board, we have OBJ. So I was going to ask you about uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and ask you, would you have wanted him over Eckler?
0: I take him over Eckler. I know I know that there's a, a lot more question mark, and at least initially this, in this season, he'll be probably splitting uh, carries with Damian Williams. But um, his upside in that offense, what he can do in the pass game, um, right. and, and, you know, I just that's a player I'd much rather have, honestly. Um, so I would take that over over Austin Eckler. I think I think we've seen Eckler's ceiling, and I think you know, CH's, um Ceiling is is pretty, uh, yeah, high. You know, obviously they do not expect like a uh, guaranteed top ten finish, but I mean, but you know it's not out of, out of realm of possibilities. A high end RB two moving into the RB one category.
1: Right, uh, totally agree. And now, so I just on the thirtieth pick uh, ended up with uh, Juju Smith Schuster. I think he's in for a nice bounce back with Big Ben coming back. Um, now I'm in a bit of a, a conundrum because. I'm going to take Melvin Gordon, although, to tell you the truth, I'm actually a bigger fan of going with someone like Jonathan Taylor there, uh, who was only a couple picks after. And uh, I went conservative, you know, because I wanted to make sure I got a guy that was uh, going to be slotted in as an early down guy. Uh, But that being said, I love the upside of Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis.
0: Me and you are in the same brain right now, because for the second time I'm about to take a guy you just teed up. Um, Okay. You know, provided he falls here. John Taylor was right. the guy that I when I you know when I looked at, at Evans, I was trying to look at the running backs coming up versus who would be available in my next pick. And God oh. damn it! And Taylor gets go.
1: taken at thirty-four.
0: So Just I'm going to go to you know my my old traditional my old traditional routes here. Um, and again, okay. I'm going to go with the guy because this is a boomer bust. You know, it's best ball. I don't need consistency. I need a guy who can go off crazy uh, on any given week. So I'm taking AJ Brown. He showed obviously. Ah, I love it. Um, what his big games can do. So now I've got Hopkins, Evans, and Brown, uh, and Dalvin Cook. So, um, God damn everyone for letting DeAndre Hopkins fall because uh, I wanted to test out a new thing. I'll try that on some mocks this week uh, going through straight running backs. But uh, Yeah. Now, yeah, there now you I'm go. Which you were going to do today,
1: back, but still couldn't do it. <laughs> pull the trigger. <laughs> typical, typical Ryan
0: is sitting here at the fourth three wide receivers.
1: <laughs> You're right. You're like, you know what? I am going to do something different. I'm going to go ahead and target running backs but not select them. <laughs> but I I'm did target them back
0: in the first pick. So Yeah, that's I true. That's I, true. That I, is different. I typically would have gone Devontae Adams, but I did force it in the first one but again, you can't just let that man fall like that, you know, eventually someone someone being me is going to take him. and I did. So
1: Yes. I I totally agree with that. Um but that that was uh, one of those things where the value kind of dictated where you went there. And I and I'm a big believer of that. You go in with a strategy you might decide to change and switch courses because of the value that falls to you. That's something you should not I mean you can not be a slave to your strategy. you got to be got be a little bit nimble and be ready to pivot if uh, if you find that something falls to you that uh, that you may not be looking for so that that is where it just happened to fit your old strategy, which is like which makes it kind of makes it kind of funny. Um, yeah so it's interesting. let me ask you this because I think we'll do about we'll probably do about ten rounds here before we close shop, but let me ask you this question. What, what do you think about defenses in this format? Because, you know, this is something that we didn't have to deal with on draft.com. You have to do this in Yahoo. Um, so, how do you feel about drafting defenses? When are you going to go for them? How many are you going to take?
0: Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to take two, right? you got yeah. I mean, you got 20 spots on this roster. you got to have two guys or two teams to, uh, to use. So, um, I mean, I'm not going to go early on it because – it's just not gonna. Oh, my connection just. Uh,
1: no, you still got three more picks before I'm you, so you're you're good.
0: All right. Well, hopefully it comes back here. Um, either way, uh, it's not something that you want to, uh, you know, overspend on. But for me, it's like, you know, I think you can pick more more aggressive style defenses that you can think in any given week are going to put up some some kind of you know crazy. Um, you know sack stats or something like that, or, or more ball hawking um, defense that's going to you know create a bunch of turnovers one week. You don't need that consistent you know shut down defense that's going to hold somebody to ten points every week. You just need the defense thing go off every once in a while.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And I and I think really what we're looking at is by having two, you can you're you're essentially playing the matchups without playing the matchups, right? I mean, I think what you're doing is you're you're finding a way to um, maximize the not not the best defenses, but the defenses that have the best matchups, even if they have a couple weeks in which they're not doing well. And I think I'm going to come up with an example here of a defense that I like a lot that's actually listed quite low, and that is the uh, Patriots defense. How do you feel about that? I think that the uh, New England Patriots defense is undervalued. It's getting actually uh, dinged because of the fact that the offense has changed. I don't think that the defense is going to be bad, uh, and I believe that the Patriots defense is uh, pretty far down the pretty far down the list here at 170.
0: Yeah, I think the, I think the Patriots defense is super undervalued right now. Even even when you look at the the Vegas odds and the win total, I mean the the Patriots largely are returning the same defense they had last year. Um, they they drafted early and often at that position, um, and I know that people because they didn't know who drugger was thought that was a reach and i think that's the last time we did the podcast is the day before so probably haven't talking since the draft but um yeah right. numerous teams have come out basically and said they had in their top 50 on their board um you know, obviously work over at, uh do some work over at pff guide going draft guide going into it drugger was a top 50 range player he's a d2 player who also put on a ton of size and weight in his first like year or two he grew like four inches and added like 25 pounds so he wasn't highly recruited but that was, you know, a big part of the reason why. So I think he's a great value add. Um, and then you talk about Ushi or Ushay, however you say his name, um, who played with Winovich. And, and so they didn't really lose anything from their front four and, uh-huh. and their secondary stayed intact. And so they, they lost Kyle Van Noy. I mean, Jamie Collins was terrible down the stretch. He was good for about a half a season. Alandon uh, Roberts was a role player. And they, and they drafted and invested in that defense again. I think the Patriots are going to try to win games, you know, 17 to 14 this year. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and they are the they are the sixth ranked defense right now on this board, and uh, I think that they could, should be in the top two or three. Uh, and I see that you went with your first quarterback at number fifty five overall Dak Prescott.
0: Yep, just uh, pulled the trigger on this one. Obviously, um, Russell Wilson was coming up, so could have could have waited on him, but uh, I. I Typically, like this, at any time, and uh, when banking on a player's success, um, I think it's you know it helps press God's value in fantasy this year that he hasn't signed yet, and that he's asking for right. the moon and the stars um, sure. because that's the guy sure. who can't go out there and not play at his best this year. So um, there's enough weapons there. He's established enough uh, over the last couple of years um, that you know last year I uh, put up 348 fantasy uh, points according to these totals here. Uh, nearly through for five thousand yards and thirty touchdowns and eleven interceptions um I don't expect those numbers to go down you know maybe maybe if he signs a big contract this year, you're wary of him next year, but uh, in a best ball, you know especially what him and cooper can do in a given week um, I love that, and obviously uh love uh, I'm drawing a blank on the receiver's name now um, first round pick, well, I can't remember who they drafted here uh
1: for uh for this year for yeah,
0: uh, uh wow cd lamb jeez I'm crow you know uh, <laughs> that, <that's laughs> a it's funny
1: It's Lam- funny that we, we blanked on that because i think he is actually the best rookie wide receiver uh out there <laughs> honestly In, in the best and certainly, in the, he's,
0: and he's certainly in one of the best positions when you when you factor in that he has the coverage of being the number two guy next to amari cooper um Zach is a guy who loves to throw, you know, get they want they'll run vertical offense. uh CD Lamb's obviously a big playmaker kind of player. Um and again, he just he just won't be facing the, the, the high end coverage and factoring in the offensive line, the run game, I mean CD Lamb is going to be, you know, the the third or fourth thing you game plan for. So, um Right. Uh, you know, I love that ad. I love I love the motivation he's going to have this year. Um you know, I'm gonna obviously chill now on quarterbacks and try to grab some value guys later on, uh for the best ball format, but uh I was happy to, to grab Prescott there. It was pretty close to what his his pre draft value was, so not not a not a steal by any means, but I'll take it.
1: Yeah, and Russell Wilson off the board at sixty two, so would not have come back around to you. So good for you to to go ahead and go ahead and take the guy you want up front and not have to wait for him. And in the meantime, everyone uh should know that on the fiftieth and fifty first turn twick pick <laughs> Excuse me. I took Zach Ertz, took my, my tight end there, my first tight end, and then I went to DeAndre Swift. Uh, I just love his upside there. took DeAndre Swift instead of David Montgomery, so not a non-homer pick for me there. Uh, passed up on my hometown Bears uh, running back, not that I have any problems with him, but I just love the upside of DeAndre Swift. I think he can do great things in Detroit. Brian now on the clock with the sixty six pick and you take Debo Samuel. Tell me about that. That's an interesting pick. Why, why Debo Samuel there?
0: Um wanted to add another well I mean, honestly, anything outside of what we were, what I was looking at here was gonna be a reach. There's some names that I'm excited about coming up. Um, that I didn't want to go crazy over grabbing. Uh, mm. didn't love the names around the spot. Uh, one guy in mm. particular I'm super wary of is Stefan Diggs. Um mm. Which is, not, which is not an indictment on, on Stefan Diggs. Um, it's an indictment on the quarterback. Um, right. So I think that he left an ideal situation, went to a worse situation. Darius Geis is still a guy that I'm, that I'm very leery of. Hunter Henry was in that area. I avoided him because of the you know, for the value add that I think he gives to Rod Taylor that I was talking about earlier. Uh, I think uh-huh. Tarod Taylor takes away from Hunter Henry's value, so I don't love that. Right. Um, Jared Cook is just uh, too rich for my blood here right now. Jarvis Landry, um, Cleveland offense still scares me. I I think we saw um, just how combustible it was last year, so that scares me. And then, you know, for a player-for-player outside of uh, Debo there, the closest guy in this area that I liked as a player is Michael Gallup. But for everything we just talked about the Cowboys, you know, you have to – with all those weapons there, it feels to me like Michael Gallup might be, you know – the furthest guy down that pecking that pecking order. So I agree. Um, I, like I agree. And I think that Debo got better as the year went on last year, and he's a guy who's great, you know, yards after contact. They use him in the run game and the pass game. Um, so you know, last year between the two, almost put up a thousand yards, and I don't think it's uh, you know unreasonable to expect him to take you know a, another step forward uh, this year. So um, not right. a player I expect to be super consistent, but a guy that you know I feel comfortable will have will have enough big games.
1: Yeah, and I and I don't dislike the pick of Debo Samuel. I think that he can, He obviously has a lot of upside as well, another young up-and-comer. I also don't want to disagree with Michael Gallup, and you just saw actually, uh, and nobody else saw it, but I just saw that I actually reached all the way down and um, decided to pass off on Michael Gallup and a number of others to go with Will Fuller as a wide receiver. I did take Stefan Diggs because I thought the value at 70 was um, was there. But at 71, I reached probably about 10, maybe a round early, and got Will Fuller. I think that he has a lot of upside. You know, he doesn't have the competition there for targets. The targets have to go somewhere. Um, Deshaun Watson, obviously a great quarterback, or at least a very, very good quarterback. Um, There's going to be a lot of targets to go around with DeAndre Hopkins, and then Will Fuller has a lot of upside. Now, he has to stay healthy, and um, that's a big question mark, but... If he does, I think he can be great value and in the best ball format. I don't feel bad about taking a guy who is injury prone.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think, um, I don't think it's a bad pick at all. Like you said, he, his value should be bumped there. Um, you know, I think you gave yourself a lot of credit earlier uh, for passing <laughs> on your hometown guy and not being biased. You have to mention, <laughs> right. uh, you know, for anyone who's maybe listening for their first time, that you and I are both huge Notre Dame fans. So you taking right. you reaching for a Notre Dame player, is not surprising. <laughs> not not, that, not uh, that crazy.
1: I understand. So, <laughs> it's still a hometown yeah, so, pick.
0: <laughs> so you know, of all guys to go after, you know, Will Fuller makes a lot of sense for you particularly. Um, but yeah. no, I don't. I don't mind that pick. Like you said, the, the target's going to go somewhere. To uh, that that team's not about to turn into a to a you know a ground and pound team uh, with Deshaun right. Watson. So those targets go somewhere. And the biggest, there's only really two things that have ever stopped. Um, Will Fuller from uh, being a, a solid, you know, constant contributor in in, um, in in fantasy. And that's just, and then every once in a while, yeah, the, the drops right. show up. Um, I think that's the right. drops have gotten better. I'd have to look at it and like his drops per a hundred, but he's definitely seemed to have gotten better over the last uh, couple of years, just from, you uh, know, just from the feeling of watching him. I, I feel like he's gotten better and I just think the data back that up. Um, but either way, and a little run on defense here. San Francisco and Pittsburgh going to going at eighty second, eighty fourth. I hate the Pittsburgh defense that, that early personally. Yeah. But, uh, I'm gonna be a hometown. That's a weird guy pick. Two here, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Depend on a bounce back season for Sony Michelle Patriots offense. Oh. Be better. Uh, off the uh, I think they're going to want to, again, I think they're going to try to win game 17-14, whether it's Hoyer or Stidham. I don't think you want either one of them dropping back and throwing 40 times a game on a regular Agreed. basis. Um, hadn't taken another running back, so I wanted to round out the roster and grab him there. Um, so a guy who was, you know, I think drafted too high last year, now it swung back the other way, get him towards uh, whatever we're at, the end of the eighth round here. So, uh yeah, the ninth Yeah, so in the ninth
1: round. Good value. Good value yeah. there. And uh, I am going to do something similar. I'm actually going to count on the fact that they're going to need a guy who can run short and intermediate routes in New England and take Julian Edelman as the last pick of that ninth round. Um, I, I, You know, I, I have always liked Julian Edelman because of the fact that uh, in a PPR format he just gets so many targets. I assume that they're going to try to utilize him in uh, short and medium uh, spaces in order to take pressure off of Stidham and make sure he has an, a nice target there. And then I'm going to do something a little bit crazy because um, I'm. This is just generally not what I would normally do, but because I hate the Packers, but I'm going to reach down and get Aaron Rodgers in the beginning of the 10th round. Um, I think he's a little undervalued there. I totally understand that we they did not get him new um, talent, but Devonte Adams is great. Aaron Jones definitely catches passes. I mean, he can make things happen even with those other guys. <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those things where uh, if there's any quarterback that can make it work. With a bunch of no-names, Aaron Rodgers is the guy, I think, at the beginning of the 10th round. Relatively good value for my first quarterback. Even though I yeah, have to reach
0: Yeah, I one. 100% agree. Um, I'm about to uh, also pull a reach move here. See if he, gets, he should get through. If I'm calling him a reach, uh, I'm <laughs> expecting this guy to get taken here ahead of me with one pick to go. Well, let's see. He went, Carson Wentz. So, um, similar theory, what you were talking about earlier, I think that uh, really for the first time last year, uh, Brandon Cooks faced some adversity. That's oh, nice. Um, I Interesting. He's, a, he's a dependable 1,000-yard guy. Those targets have to go somewhere. Will Fuller yep. will not be healthy the entire season. <laughs> um,
1: so, he only needs to be healthy know, for a um, handful of games, man. It's mean, his best ball. <laughs> I mean, no, i not for... saying, but,
0: you know, those games, those games where he's out, it's going to be the Brandon Cooks show. So, no i agree um, i agree you know, so so I, I see, and after he's like whatever like my sixth or seventh receiver off the board here again, typical roster construction for me um right. but I, I, you <laughs> know, I just love that um, that value there because I just think it's a guy that's become an afterthought that um two years ago again was another was a thousand yard guy again in a competitive offense um, and and was still able to merge he was uh, the, you know, the big, you know, the, the big downfield threat for the Patriots the year before, or the, yeah, the year before that, uh, whatever, three years ago now. So he, he showed that he can be, you know, that they can shift number one coverage on him and, 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 and factor in on him. So, um, obviously the fact that his, his head might be the size of a watermelon after all the concussions is concerning. But outside of that, <laughs> yes. if he can, if he's the guy, if he can stay healthy. I love that. He might have been available in my next one. He was about 10 players down the ranking system there. Um, so he, he might have been still available, but I, it wasn't a, um, the risk I wanted to take because I liked him better than the names there. The only other person I, I did consider was John Brown just because of the big play uh, ability, but just without knowing what Stephon Diggs was going to do to change that, that roster um, from an offensive perspective, and, uh, you know, if they go two wide receiver sets are they going to use Cole Beasley in the slot and and Stephon Diggs as as the X out there? And does that mean that there's less snaps for John Brown? Is he only in three wide receiver packages? Um, you know, there's, so there's just a lot of question marks around John Brown's headed trigger. To, to take the more safe bet. You know, Brandon Cooks is going to be on the field pretty much every play. I, I can feel pretty confident about that.
1: Yep, most definitely. And we're back around 106 pick, and I'll let you take your pick, and then I'm going to ask you the question of how do you see positioning yourself for the rest of the draft in terms of uh, people are going to take flyers on. Uh, because we're gonna we're basically out of time, so uh, tell us talk a little bit about who you're gonna take some flyers on late in the draft uh, from this point forward, and I'm gonna start thinking about my pick coming up at 110 in about two picks.
0: Okay, yeah. So I mean, I just started the, the strategy. I just took J.K. Dobbins, um, you know, from Baltimore, who obviously uh, is gonna be in a split backfield and not the not the primary guy, but and, and also you have to factor in, again running back rush attempts. A um, quarterback rush attempts for Lamar. So there's going to be some share load there, but he's a guy that I think on, on a given week, if there's injuries too, he can step up and be the main guy. Um, love the talent. So, again, that's the one fun thing about this is that you get to pick uh, guys who you think um, are, are – go, go after guys with talent um, as opposed to worrying about how consistent and if they have week-to-week opportunity. Um, just try to pull some guys who are going to be uh, big, explosive guys. So um, I went high on wide receivers. Uh, I need to fill out – I took Jared Cook at tight end, so i got to fill out some, you know, back-end tight ends and quarterbacks and defense this year. But really now it's about taking some flyers and running backs um, to see if I can find some guys who have a shot to uh, to have big weeks here and there. So um, that's really yep. my strategy down the stretch here. I don't know if you want to update on the picks you just made.
1: Yeah, so I, I love to hear what you think about this because this is a strategy I generally don't do, but I stacked. I stacked running backs because I took um, – Early on, Melvin Gordon in Denver, and I decided to take Philip Lindsay late here in the 11th round, uh, because, thinking that regardless of what happens, there should be some uh, targets to go around, and uh, hopefully one of them will step up and be a consistent force, and it may go week to week, but either way, I'll have both of them now, and the top-scoring running back will still score for me. And then I reached a brown in order to take C.D. Lamb uh, about a round early, um so tell me how do you feel about those two picks that's uh philip Lindsay 110 cd lamb at 111 and of course it's now your yeah, pick I mean, at 115
0: <laughs> yeah i mean we already raved about <clears throat> um cd lamb so obviously i love that pick uh i just took uh Roethlisberger for my my number two quarterback here um you talked nice. about I uh, think that'll be a bounce back bounce back season for Juju Smith Schuster. I agree. A yep. uh, large part part of that will depend on on the guy throwing him the ball after uh, the disaster they were at the position there last year. Um, so no I think doubt. Ben will, will bounce back and and we'll see a bounce back there. So I like uh, going there with that. I mean, yeah. So and I, and I love uh, you know Philip Lindsay was um, was obviously a guy who emerged on the scene two years ago. I think he was overdrafted last year. He's probably being underdrafted now. So where you got him again? His his ability in a uh, you know a one week off situation um, to go you know to go go off is, is great. So um, you know one thing I'll say just about overall strategy too. Where we're just just to wrap up what I was saying before before I got distracted and I had to pass it back to you because I was trying to look something up. Um, you know, <laughs> right. This is the time. This is the time of the draft too. I mean we're now in round uh, by my next pick will be round thirteen, um, and, and this is really the time now where I think you just start taking. You know, guys who aren't on ideal situations, but if they get into an ideal situation, they could go big. So the guy I'm targeting right now, who is – looks about six picks. And if you went just by the X rank, if these all went order, it's about six picks past the uh, my next pick. But, um, oh. you know, I think you took Ertz too early on. I'm going to take Dallas Godair. Um, oh, I like nice. The, okay. The, I like the idea of him. He'll be my number two tight end. I think in certain weeks he'll have big weeks. Um, I think that at some point that they – um, you know, might start turning the page from Ertz and starting to get Goder to be the guy's future and start to turning turn towards him. Another name I really love because I mentioned earlier, and this was actually heard this on the uh, NFL Fantasy Football Today, whatever that CBS crew uh, podcast they were talking about, it, and it's a, it's a name just to keep in mind, especially in this kind of format. Um, yep. Again, Derrick Henry, huge workload last year, shortened off season. They drafted uh, Drayton Evans. Uh, in the in the draft this year, who um, you know, Deion Lewis was not able to step in and, and help fill any voids last year uh, when when uh, Derrick Henry was hurt. But one of my last you know one of my last picks that's that's a guy that I'm targeting. He's not somebody I'm gonna reach for. Another name I'm seeing coming up here, another two names that are also actually three names as far as running backs late that I think are interesting as far as high end potential: uh, Alexander Madison, Tony Pollard, and Zach Moss. Um, I think. Devin Singletary's value took a little hit with the Zach Moss draft. They drafted him, I think, in the third round. You don't draft guys in third round if you're not, in, you know, intending to use them at all. So, um, and those are guys that, you know, I mean, in deep dynasty leagues or, or deep, deep, deep redraft leagues. We have big benches, you know, you might target in the draft. But, uh, you know, especially in this kind of format, I think a lot of those guys are are all worth talking about because they're guys that, you know, if the opportunity falls right at some point in the season, they could all of a sudden be, um, you know, big-time players for you.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I, I, I agree with all those. Um a lot of things and I actually have a couple of thoughts on um on a couple of folks as well that are going a little bit late and I'm gonna take this pick here at one thirty one. I just took Noah Fant at one thirty. Uh love his skill set. Now I'm a little bit, you know, you know, I'm, I'm really not a fan of uh of doing this, but I'm gonna go ahead and reach a little bit and I and I you know, who knows if this is gonna work out or not. I'm gonna take a little bit of Jimmy G here to see if he's gonna pop up. I just feel like it's so late in the draft now that um, even if he doesn't work out, I can uh, I can cover for that. But let me give you a couple of th- a couple of guys that I have coming up really late that I think are really good uh, flyers for this format. At 147, Joe Burrow is out there, obviously someone to think about. Uh, J- Rieger, Jalen Rieger at 152. Uh, uh, don't forget about Preston Williams in Miami. He had a great breakout year, a little bit of injury. He's at 154. Henry Ruggs the third well, at 178. T Higgins. Oh, your your pick is coming up right now at 135. So. Uh, Interesting to see what you got there, but T. Higgins uh, at 193. I like that value. I mean, if you if he actually is out there in the second to last round, you took Tevin Coleman. That's the guy I was actually thinking about taking. Um, that's what that's. I had a little bit of a. I wasn't sure if I wanted to go Tevin Coleman there uh, or take Jimmy G, and I decided to reach for Jimmy G. Though I love the value for Tevin Coleman in the 14th round. It's just, I mean, the guy can be uh, a top five-round running back, and you're getting him basically for, for pennies on the dollar. Another guy I like, O.J. Howard, uh, as a tight end at 157. Pretty good value there. And uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, there's been history. Um, Tom Brady has made some good tight ends in his time, so who knows? <laughs> maybe O.J. Howard, who we know has the talent, maybe he'll benefit from all that. All right, guys. Uh, that's it. I think we're we're out of time, and, uh, and I'm being told that we're getting – kicked off our slot. So uh, this has been great. This has been really fun. We're actually almost done with the draft. We made it all the way down to the 15th round. Uh, we're going to only have a couple more rounds left. Uh, I will post the results of our draft on the website along with this uh, podcast. And uh, feel free to tweet out to us in order to ask any questions about uh, our strategy or who we picked and why we picked them. Ryan, why don't you go over your social media so everyone can follow you and uh, ask questions.
0: Fun. What I, what I think we should honestly do um... – is maybe next week or the week after, you know, while we're all stuck in quarantine, not a lot of sports going on. Uh, we should <laughs> set up a private mock draft and see if we can get some listeners. I know we do a lot of mock drafts that we're doing on Twitter. Great right, idea. Guys, kind of
1: cool. Great so, idea. Um, we so need to do guys, that. Twitter, listeners, you're out. You guys are going to be in. <Ne. laughs>
0: That's right. Uh, at Ryan E <laughs> NE, for Twitter. You can follow me on there.
1: Great. And you can follow me at FB Garbage Time. And uh, of course, check back with us again. Uh, keep track of our twitter accounts because we'll go ahead and tweet that out so that you can join us for at mock draft coming up either next week or the week after i think that's going to be tons and tons of fun and uh, thanks for joining us thanks for coming out and wasting time with us as per usual and until next time everyone enjoy your quarantine week and hopefully a little bit of nfl as well